Boss cracking everybody. Money smart guy Matt Zapala here. Hailing to you from Dallas, Texas. We are here on episode nine here of the Millionaire Goals Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you think like a millionaire, strategize like a millionaire, with news to keep you updated. So therefore you can become a first generation cash flow millionaire. And again, joining me today in the studio is my personal attorney, my friend here, my homie, Milton Alvarez. What's going on, brother? My man, my man. Happy Good. To be here. All right, so we got a lot of, to cover today. We're going to be continuing to unpack the SV uh, Silicon Valley Bank and uh, Signature Bank failures. Uh, we're going to continue to unveil the updates of what's going on in addition to how to keep your money safe and what to do now in this podcast, in this episode. Also, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, conversations that people are having with uh, uh, with happiness. Is money really buying happiness? If so, is there a certain income limit or limitation to where people feel that money can buy them happiness if that myth is true? Also, a young lady here, she's getting married to her boyfriend for three months and she's worried about him being a cheapskate. What? We'll talk about it here on this podcast. And uh, Mel's going to be talking about some exercise things that can help add years to your life, even if it takes a little bit of time throughout the day, what you can do to be healthier, fitter, because we believe not only there's faith, not only is there fun, not only is there finance, but also there's fitness too as well. And uh, there's some trending TikToks and tweets we're going to go over here as it relates to personal finance and what's going on in the current economy. So, uh, all right, well, let's unpack this real quick with the SV Bank failure. So, uh, again, some of the people are asking, what's going on with the banks? What's going on with uh, Silicon Valley Bank? What's going on with potentially uh, more potential bank failures in the future happening? Um, listen, all I can say is when, when I got started in business in 1999, I, I came in the bull market with the late 90s, early, early 2000. And what happened is a year later, 2001, late 2000, 2001, started the crash in a recessionary period of the stock market. And then real estate, uh, lowering in, interest rates from real estate got us out of the recession, mid 2000s. Next thing you know, 07, 08, 09, bam, great recession. The largest pullback of the economy since the Great Depression. That's why they call it the Great Recession. But we've been in the largest economic expansion in the history of America for the last 14 years. And so we've been due for a setback in the economy. So all my observations has been this. When interest rates starts picking back up, here's what gets exposed. Fake money, fake people, fake companies, and fake policies that just didn't work. And the recession and hard times exposes those things. For example, we got exposed in 07, 08, 09, this ripoff artist named Bernie Madoff. Got exposed that he was ripping people off in his investment company. And had it not been for tough times, he would have still been ripping people off. But thank God for tough times because frauds like him got exposed. What also got exposed? That these mortgage companies were giving out loans to people. They called them ninja loans, Milton. You know what ninja loans are? It's an acronym, ninja. Ninja loans. None. Uh, it's no job. No, no income, no job. N-I-N. No income, no job. Approved. Ninja loans. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the mortgage company would go like, okay, let me see your pulse real quick. Okay, you got a heartbeat? Approved. You got a loan. They had these like 228 loans and 327 loans where basically they give you a low introductory rate, but they pop that interest rate back in the, in, in the third year or the fourth year. And that's when a lot of people couldn't afford mm. to pay the higher increased mortgage payment. 
And so the mortgage industry got exposed, mortgage-backed securities got exposed, credit default swaps got exposed. And a guy named Peter Schiff, who predicted the stock market, got exposed that he was speaking truth, but nobody was listening to this guy. And so now I'm seeing a lot of the same things happening. Cryptocurrency is being exposed. Lack of regulation is being exposed. Uh, banks are being exposed. FTX, uh, FTX, exchange, uh, FTX um, cryptocurrency exchange got exposed. And now tough times are exposing a lot of fake things that are happening in America. When you dumped 80% of money that's ever pr been printed in history of America, think about this. Since the history of America, 1776, 80% of all money printed in the history of America has been printed in the last three years. And people are wondering why there's a flood of cash that just entered America, a lot of fake money, a lot of fake success, a lot of fake stuff. And so people are wondering what to do now. So uh, let's go here to my computer here. Um, uh, regulators close crypto-focused signature bank. See, signature bank, in addition to SV Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, had specific clientele. And a lot of their clientele was people in tech, their clientele was people in crypto, and they got shut down too as well last week. Um, U.S. government steps in and says people with funds deposit SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, will be able to access their money. Uh, the regulator stepped in, FDIC is coming in. Um, but here's a challenge though. Here's a challenge. Silicon Valley Bank raised, and excuse me, Silicon Valley Bank ranked second amongst banks with more than 50 billion assets with 93.9% of its total domestic deposits being uninsured. Well, Signature Bank ranked fourth, according to S&P Global Market Intelligence data, as a year end of 2022. The rate of uninsured deposits is banked on bank subsidiary estimates made in regulatory call report filings that may include intercompany deposits and can differ from parent company uh, journal accounting accepted practice filings, so gap filings. So, you know, Milton, I know you're an entrepreneur. How do you, you know, you, you are building a business yeah. and, and you're doing your work. Imagine one day you uh, want to do a transaction, you want to withdraw your money, and the bank says, hey man, our bank's failing. How do you feel? How do you put yourself in their situation? Well, going, uh, going back to the beginning, um, I was recalling uh, earlier today that exactly one year ago, Matt, we had a shutdown that affected the entire economy and the United States as a whole, and actually worldwide. You talk about the uh, pandemic? The pandemic, yeah. exactly. One year ago this week, everything completely shut down, yeah. and people were on edge not knowing what the next step was, what was going to happen to them, to their jobs. People were being furloughed. I was one of the few people that, were, well, mass majority of the people that, that was furloughed, and that's when you, you started uh, asking yourself if what you had as a plan for your financial future was... <laughs> was you know pandemic proof yeah. um, you know war proof any, anything that could potentially affect you on a financial level so that being said so now going back to what you're asking me as a business owner or just as anyone who wants to know what this means for our, our economy how can one prepare regardless of age occupation or financial tier you know for what could be next for our economy what are a couple ways that could potentially be money smart during yeah. these kind of this economical confusion well, oh, so, so yeah, what can people do? Well, you're, you're looking at tough times. You know, the, this, what's the saying? Tough times, or, or excuse me, weak leaders create tough times. Tough times create strong leaders. Strong leaders create good times. So because of weak leadership in our country, weak leadership in our homes, weak leadership 
in our families, weak leadership in some of the churches, weak leadership in, in, our, in our companies, it's created tough times where people are unwilling to take a stand, put a foot in the ground. What will tough times force you to do? It'll force you to put a foot in the ground. It'll force you to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm sick of this shit. I want to make sure my life is different for the rest of my life. And so, but as it relates to banks, as it relates to specifically the uh, uneasiness of what's going on, uh, let's, let's take a look, quick look at uh, this article here. It says, Biden says Americans can be rest assured banking system is secure after SVP collapse. Um, Jordan, do we have a clip here on Twitter that we can show our president's response when he was asked uh, what to do in this particular situation? Okay. I want to briefly speak about what's happening in Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. So he's reassuring America. So first thing you want to do, if it's true, is you want to be calm, take a breath, take a step back, make the necessary calls. The worst position to be in, especially any bad decision you make, is when emotion is high. When emotion is high, logic is low. So the moment you are able to reduce your emotion, take a breath, the logic can start to increase, so therefore you start asking the right questions. I mean, think about it anytime you got into an argument with somebody. Yeah. Right? I'm going to kick you out. You know what? Hey, I'm right. You're wrong. Right? Emotions are hot. You're defending yourself. You're offending somebody and vice versa. So the moment somebody can be calm in that situation, the better we can make logical decisions. So specifically to, your, to, to answer your question, what can people do right now? Well, number one, you got to consider what Janice uh, was already doing all along. Let's take a look at this um, uh, article here. Buck star Janice Atetakonumpa. Janice. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> right, has money in 50 different bank accounts. Why does he have money in 50 different bank accounts? Because each bank account is insured by FDIC, Federal Depository Insurance Corporation, FDIC up to $250,000. So if your bank fails, the FDIC steps in to make sure you get your money back from that bank failure. So these banks, a lot of people may not see it, but it's FDIC insured. It's FDIC insured. Again, if that bank fails, if let's say you have $100,000 in that bank, and by the way, this is per account. Mm. So if you have a, a $100,000 in account and the bank fails, well, potentially you can get your, theoretically you can get your money back $100,000. But you gotta wait because the government steps in, FDIC comes in, and by the way, anytime the government steps in, it's a process. For example, Milton, uh, you came here to Texas. How long did it take for you to get your driver's license? Was it a minute? It took some time. I think most of it was out of laziness, but it took some time. So for me, when I, when I filed uh, for getting my new license here in Texas, it was a five-month waiting period for me to, for me to go down to, yeah. to, the, to uh, it's not DMV here, it's the uh, Department of Public Transportation. Yeah. And then I went down there, and by the way, remember I asked you a favor? Yeah. So I came down here because our, our uh, cars did not have a front license plate. That's right. They refused to have me take the test, and I, I called you up, hey, bro, I need to park your, your truck. That loud-ass truck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by, yeah. It, it uh, ticked off the, uh, the, the instructor because she was back there 
And because I turned the, the truck off, she's back there behind your truck, and I turn it on. If you don't, uh, if you don't uh, know what uh, tell me about what you drive, bro. Uh, 2015 uh, Grand Cherokee uh, SRT. It, it goes room room. Yeah, yeah. It's really loud. It's really loud. Uh, Is your glass packs back there in that exhaust? It's a straight pipe. Yeah, it's a straight pipe. So it makes a lot of damn noise. Anyway, freak the crap yeah. out of her. She goes, "No, shut it off." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anywho, so this is one move. You can diversify your banks, your deposits to different banks if you're afraid. In this case, I mean, you may not have more than hundred thousand dollars. Anyway, you may not have two hundred thousand dollars back. So for the most part, for most people, this is something for them not to worry about. If you are at a bank that is FDIC insured, mm. now. Uh, I was mentioning yesterday an emergency podcast, majority of the people that banked at an SV bank, Silicon Valley Bank, a signature bank, I mean, they're big companies. They're ballers. I mean, these are the- uh, The tech companies, I mean, tech companies go to that bank for startups. Yeah, and they're, de- yeah. they're not depositing, you know, 10,000 bucks. They're not depositing 1,000 bucks. They're depositing millions, yeah. billions mm-hmm. into the account, which again, if something happens to the bank, $250,000 is FDIC insured. Now, here's the crazy part. Back, back, to, this, back to this article here. What, what, what do we find here? Uh, where, where'd it go? Um, uh, where'd that article go? Uh, oh. Uh, about uh, regulation. Where did, uh, where did I just had it up. Uh, which, which bank? Anyway. Um, it was which bank? Stop, stop sharing the screen. Uh, let me find it. Um, where, I just had the damn article. Um, benefits of going live here and your shit's all screwed up. <laughs> but anyway, back to the article that 97% of the deposits at SV Bank was uninsured. So when, you, when you're looking at, people looking to blame now. So let's look at, my, let's look at the screen. Trump is being called out. Why? Because there's an act in 07, 08, 09 called the Dodd-Frank Act. And it, cause a lot of regulations and laws to make sure that this doesn't happen to our country ever again. So banks and insurance companies and financial institutions were required to have a certain amount of cash assets on hand to make sure they can pay the guarantees or the reassurances of the customers that's there because to have a bank in a modern era of people working hard for them to worry about their deposits, let alone their retirement accounts, Mm the Dodd-Frank Act was put in place. Now, Trump is being called because he rolled back. So if you go here, 2018, Trump signed into a bill that rolled back certain provisions in the Dodd-Frank Act, loosening oversight on banks. Basically, he reduced the amount of assets a bank needed to have on hand to bank. Because what, here, here's what happens. Uh, a lot of people, let's, let's, let's uh, cut the screen. So when, when we're looking at banks, here's the basic premise of banks. For example, if you ever, uh, if you have like, for example, fifty thousand dollars in a bank, what do you think that bank is doing with your money? Don't they? Uh, some, some banks put them into stocks or do uh, lending. They lend it for people, sure. Right? For sure. For yeah. example, they take your. I'm just using a number. Let's say they take your ten thousand bucks. Yeah. They can take ten percent of that, what they call fractional lending, mm-hmm. and they can loan out ninety percent of those deposits to somebody else. Yeah. Right. But it, right. So so ninety percent of the deposits you have is lent out to somebody else in terms of car loans student loans, credit cards, uh, mortgages. Mm. So let's say they're loaning at 9%. They're paying you one. That difference at 8% is the banks. So that's called fractional reserve lending. So that's why your bank will never have all the cash that you want. For example, if you want $50,000 of your money back, then you know what they're going to say? Come back next week, we'll have your cash. Yeah, a couple days. 
because they need to come back and order your money because yeah. your money is out, is being lent. So, so your, your, your money is being lent out. So like, like I've always said that banks are, banking is required, but banks are not because we talk about how to be your own banker Correct. all the time. And, and, and when you're financially educated, you can learn how to become your own banker, but banks aren't required, banking is. Let's take a look, a look at this article here. It says, Bell Ackman says, U.S. did the right thing in protecting SV depositors. Not everyone agrees. Billionaire investor Bill Ackman said, U.S. government's intervention to protect depositors after the implosion of Silicon Valley Bank is not a bailout and helps restore confidence in the banking system. You know, there's, there's, a, lot of, um, there's a lot of folks that were, excuse me, politicians. They were asking social media companies to censor anything related to bank failures because it might cause a run on the bank. What's a run on the bank? It means you run to the bank, you withdraw your money. All of it. Everybody runs to the bank and withdraws their money. That's called a run on the bank. Well, if there's a run on the bank, guess what happens to the fractional reserve lending conversation we just had moments ago? It, it makes the bank fail because yeah. now they, they ran out of money because right. your money's in somebody else's right. loans. That's what happened to SV Bank. They became a run on the bank and they're trying to shut down any conversation so people don't have any fear as it relates to social media. So people, so now people are like, Matt, I'm, I hear you, I see you, I've read the articles, I've watched a ton of YouTube videos, I've seen a bunch of things on Google, but for some reason now after what happened with uh, Silicon Valley and these other banks, I don't like the bank, I don't like banks, I don't trust the banks, what can I do with my money? A couple, a couple, a couple of thoughts. Uh, number one, I'm, I haven't, if you, if you have cash at the bank and your cash is there just for your peace of mind, safe and security. Uh, what I have here, uh, I don't know if you guys can see this. Here, uh, Milton, you can have that. And I have this I brought in. I've converted some of my cash into silver coins, okay? I got silver coins here. Milton, you want to show, show the silver coins there? Yeah. Okay? Well, yeah, uh, by the way, it, no, by the way, there's no particular, I'm not trying to promote this, but this is the time where I bought it. It was when uh, Trump was in office and I bought a bunch of silver coins and, you know, it just happened to have his face on it. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so this is silver coins. Another thing I like to put my money into, especially when it comes to safety and security money that needs to be there, no matter what, the best insurance is your own, okay? I bought gold, okay? This is, this is 10 ounces of gold. Uh, Milton, did you look up what 10 ounces of gold? Like 19, 20,000? It's like 19, 20,000, right? Gold. I like silver. I like gold. Now, if you want to use it for you know, transactional purposes, you might want to consider opening a checking account at a credit union. Credit union. Credit union, local credit union. But here's a challenge, though. Why did, why did the bank, why did the rising interest rates start exposing, in this case, banks? Because what happened is the bank had a certain amount of money in bonds that was purchased, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Interest rates were very low back then. That's why they can afford to give out loans at such a low rate. They flooded the market with cash. Remember, 80% of all cash created in the last, you know, uh, uh, three years was 80% of all the money printed in the history of America. So when you, when you have all this money flushed out and the interest rate starts picking back up, if I have this bond, who wants to buy, who wants to buy a 1.75% bond if I can buy a bond at 4 or 5%? Mm. Nobody wants to buy this one. So guess we, why you have to sell it, what price you have to sell it for? At, at what you bought it for, and more than what you bought it for, and less than what you bought it for. What do you think? If nobody wants to buy it, what, what do you sell less, it? It's called a discount. Yeah, discount. If you buy more than what it's worth, it's called a premium. Yeah. So these banks are selling bonds at a discount. Well, that created a loss at the bank. So now everybody's, fr everybody's curious about what's going on. They withdraw their money. Mm -hmm. 
Next you know, there's a run in the bank. And that's what, triggered, uh, that's what triggered these things. The problem, though, is the reason why I say that is because if it affected that regional bank, a senior uh, a Silicon Valley bank or a signature bank, because it also might be affected. The lower banks that may not have as much cash on hand, if there's a run in the bank on the smaller banks, because yeah. interest rates starts rising, it's going to hurt the smaller banks. Of course. The thing with credit unions, though, it's not, it, you know, the credit unions are members only. And usually most credit, uh, un well, credit unions are nonprofit financial institutions because they're owned by the members. For yes. example, when I was in the military, I was part of the Marine Air Federal Credit Union. I was part of the Navy Federal Credit Union. There's, by the way, there's a lot of Navy Federal Credit Unions around here in Dallas. And so, again, make sure, ask your bank. Go down to your bank. No motion. Ask them, is this bank, are my accounts FDIC insured? Make sure, and if, if worse comes to worse, what do I do? Call the bank manager. What do I do if I hear there's a run into banks, the banks are starting to implode, is my money insured? Ask your bank calmly, and I'm sure you're not the first person to ask them yeah. that question. And bottom line, start stacking things like cash equivalents, like what I have right here in, in the studio, to make sure that your money will be there. A couple other things here. Um, uh, uh, let me look here. If there's a bailout, here's, here's what Peter Schiff said. Peter Schiff is the guy that predicted the, uh, uh, let's go on, the, my, on my screen here, uh, Jordan, please. Thank you. Uh, bailing out depositors of failed banks is another mistake. So Peter Schiff here is saying, listen, if, you, if your money's there at a bank and you want the government to bail you out, it's a, a mistake by the federal and the U.S. government. Not only does a moral hazard lead to even greater instability in the banking system and larger future losses, but the inflation created to pay for it unfairly socializes current losses. In other words, due to the banks of failure of banks, failures of government, guess who's paying for it? All of us. Socializing the problem. Like it's now everybody's problem when there's really a bunch of guys in a boardroom and, and, and policymakers that could have fixed this stuff a long time ago. Peter Thiel. Now here's the crazy part. Here's a little conspiracy behind it. Peter Thiel, Founders Fund, got his cash out of Silicon Valley Bank before it was shut down. Uh, this guy, uh, Peter Thiel, is the guy who's known as the guy that uh, establishes uh, Roth IRA in the late, in late 90s. Mm. And today he's got like a billion dollars inside of his Roth IRA. He doesn't have to pay any tax on it. So that, that's, that's what uh, he's known for. He's part of the inside, part of the inside track. Elon Musk is open to the idea of buying Silicon Valley Bank as he lays Twitter payments <laughs> groundwork. Well, that'd be awesome. Now, Elon Musk buying a bank. He buys a social media company, now buys a bank. This is why you make money, man. You want to make moves in the right, in the right direction. Um, CEO Valley Bank CEO, Silicon Valley Bank CEO, sold 3.5 million in shares just two weeks before the collapse. And here's the crazy part. Look at this chart. Before the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, executives sold a lot of their shares. The CEO sold 11% of his shares. Michael Zucker sold 19%. Daniel Banks sold 32%. Michael Draper, CMO, sold 25% before... Before the implosion. These aren't automatic, though? Huh? Aren't these usually automatic? No. They, they, they called in and said, well, we're selling our shares. I mean, what, what mm. do you mean automatic? Because I was... They sold their shares. I apologize. I, it just... Uh, so before yeah, the bank collapsed, they, yeah, yeah. Sold, they sold a portion of their ownership in the bank for cash at a high point yeah. before it imploded. Huh. huh. Right. Makes, makes you think, huh? Peter Thiel... His buddies, executives here, something going on, man. 
Silicon Valley Bank gave company wide bonuses hours before it collapsed. Interesting. So they wide took care of themselves. They took care of the people. Who do they end up screwing over? The people. The, the people, the right. depositors. Okay? And you, you know what's cool about this Jack move? Uh, uh, we're done with the screen here, uh, Jordan. You know what's crazy about this? Guess what, guess what uh, Jamie Dimon did over the weekend? He's a CEO of Chase Bank. You know what he did over the weekend? He told all those guys, let's get on the phone. Call everybody we know over there at Signature Bank. Call everybody we know over there at their depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and move their money to Chase. So the downside is, that was, a good, that was a competitive move. Yeah. Hey, get all your money over here. I think billions of dollars came over. Billions of dollars in deposits yeah. came to Chase Bank. And by, by, by the way, now what can Chase Bank do more of now? More lending, right? Exactly. Yeah, more lending. So the challenge there is you hurt the smaller and regional banks and you basically Wall Streetize banks. And uh, you, you know this, uh, in, in the fitness world, does competition make you better or make you worse? A lot better. Of course. If there's less competition in banks, yeah. it's going to be worse for the customers. It's going to be worse for us. Just like with iPhones. You gotta, you know, we both got iPhones. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad that Android hasn't done a good job of competing better with Apple. Because if they compete with Apple, guess what? Our iPhones would be better. How many times uh, have you seen people with these white Air, uh, AirPods? Yeah. How, how much innovation has the AirPods done since it's been created? No longer have the cord, which is really nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But how much innovation Correct. has it really from, from the first model? A lot or a little? A lot. I innovation in the AirPods? You think so? It still keeps falling out of my ear. AirPods. <laughs> oh, AirPods alone. AirPods. Yeah. Not AirPods. much. Just Not much. Cord. Exactly. You know why? No competition. Yeah. No competition. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? Before we move on to the next topic. I think I speak for, for a lot of the younger viewers on not having the extreme knowledge, or I would like to speak on their behalf on not having the extreme knowledge of you know what their next move should be on a financial on a financial standpoint with their jobs, um, especially when it comes down to having some form of financial security and who can they trust in this industry? Yeah, you know, uh, I talked about yesterday during our emergency podcast the safety of the life insurance industry because mm -hmm. guess who I bank with myself and my life insurance policy. Yeah. I have a transactional checking account. Uh, I have a transactional savings account that if I need more capital in my checking account, I transfer my savings account into my checking account for operational purposes. But I don't store my money at the bank. I don't keep my money in the bank. I'm just showing you a couple of your areas I'm storing my money. Yeah. And by the way, you don't need $20,000 to buy. You don't need $20,000 to buy gold. You can have 100 bucks to buy gold. You can buy a gram of gold. Buy a, buy a gram of gold, gram of gold, a, a gram of gold. You can buy some silver coins. Uh, the, these uh, 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 tend to hold value and, it, and slowly, it, it doesn't like explode in value, but I know that uh, you know, down the road, if push comes to shove, if we need to put all of our stuff in a backpack and trek America and uh, with, with, our, with, our, with our weapons and our, and our food and water. Good old times. This might, this might be valuable, these might be valuable assets that people out transact, you know, trade, uh, things that are of value. And the best reassurance for me has never been in somebody else's hands. The best reassurance for me is you've come to realize it is in your own hands, your own hands. going in business for yourself, Correct. creating your own bread, right? Because if push comes to shove and, and this trickles onto your employer, guess what their employer is going to start doing? They're going to start laying off people mm -hmm. if, this, if this economy gets any worse. So I appreciate you advocating for, for the folks out there that's listening. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's move on to the next topic. Um, where are we here? Um, this uh, millennial parents here. Uh, let me go. Let me go. Let me go find that article. This uh, young lady here uh, has been dating her. Where's that article? Um, let's see here. Uh, where where do you go? 
Okay. Uh, where is it? Uh, boom, right here. Okay. Okay, let's take a look at this article. Recession blighted millennial parents are trying to raise their Gen Alpha kids with one thing they never had. So, you know, Milton, you, one thing that you were raised throughout, which you didn't even realize at your age, uh, you're what, how old now? 31. So, at 31 years old, um, how old were you in 07, 08, 09 during the Great Recession? Uh, 16, 17, 18. Right, so you're 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 in, in uh, sixteen. Yeah, you're you're a high schooler. Yeah, high schooler. So, uh, and how old were you? So, how old were you then in '01? I was in third, fourth grade. So, the economy when you're in third grade is the same economy when you were sixteen, seventeen years old. Yeah. What what I mean is the economy didn't grow in the two thousands. It's called the lost decade. The economy went sideways. Mm. Great recession, pick back up. Whatever gains was in the mid two thousands was lost in the Great Recession. So you from you know, first, second, third grade, mm -hmm. had the same economy in, uh, uh, as a junior in high school. Yeah. Meaning that you were raised in an era where the country didn't do much. There was a lot of grief, a lot of failure, so a lot of people got jaded. So the, the older millennials, uh, you have something that a lot of the, even my, my generation tasted a little bit of, which is a growing economy. The baby boom generation had it great because they, they had a booming economy too as well. But the kids right now that your generation is giving birth to, you guess what? Your kids, uh, your generation, give, you know what that generation is called? So my kids are Generation Z, they're 21. Yeah. You know what your generation is called? Your, your generation is called? It's called Generation A. Generation A. Generation Alpha. Hell yeah. I like the Alpha. Right? Your kids are going to be Generation Alpha. So, meaning that you're going to give your kids a lot more financial literacy. 1,000%. And financial education. 1,000%. Because you didn't have it. The, the millennials didn't have it. Zero. When they were being raised. Zero. What's your thoughts on that? 1,000%. I, uh, coming from two parents who, that in their uh, respective countries, my father from Ecuador, my mom from Mexico, uh, both had successful business. Well, my mom had a successful business in, in Mexico, and my father had a successful career as a, uh, as a university professor and also... Uh, aiming to be uh, uh, a lawyer, coming to the United States seeking for a better opportunity for themselves, not knowing that they were going to meet here. In, mm -hmm. Well, in, in, in Illinois, one thing led to another. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't get the opportunities that they assumed they were going to get here, and my father ended up retiring from a Jewel Osco at, you know, uh, what, 68 years old, and my mom... In 2013, she she injured she injured both of her hands at her factory job, and so she was on disability for since, since that point forward, uh, not knowing what it was to have financial you know uh, I guess wisdom. Mm -hmm. And the only uh, wisdom or advice that they would give me is you just need to work really really hard and save your money in your savings account as much as you possibly can and hope for the best. And you know you just you can't aspire to be something bigger if you're going to aspire to be something bigger. Just go to safe route, become a doctor, become a lawyer, become a police officer, and mm -hmm. go that route. But as far as taking risks, you shouldn't do that because we took risks and look where we ended up. Because they were both very successful in their countries. My mom, my, my mom was pulling, in, in, during her time, a million, million pesos a year. That's, that's a lot of money in Mexico for, for, for her time. But she comes to the United States and all that goes to shit because of her bad decisions. And obviously, I, I would assume that that led to some form of trauma in her headspace of like, yeah, risks are no mm -hmm. good. You need to be safe at all times. So that's all that's been instilled in me. So now coming out in 2020 with my, my with my own personal business, it's definitely a very anxious time for me to, you know, to uh, pull the trigger and take a chance on myself and, you know, bet on myself. So now having the the, uh, the knowledge that I have now and being around the people that I'm around, like, like, like yourself, 
it's teaching me from the from the back end, from like just from the outside in, just observing you guys, the way you guys move, the way you guys speak, the way you guys carry yourselves and your family. Um, obviously, studying a lot of uh, your guys' content, it's it's bringing a different insight of what I used to uh, believe in. So now having with, having that type of wisdom in my in, in my life in my corner and consistently growing, learning through my own personal mistakes, I feel that that's going to put me in a position where I can learn new systems so that way my kids don't have to encounter what I encountered as a, as a child growing up into a teen and then into an adult. Let's take a look at this article, uh, Jordan. <clears throat> to your point, many of the oldest of the millennial generation graduate in 2008 financial crisis. You said you were 16, 17. Correct. Right? Yeah. 18. Struggling to land on their feet in a rocky job market all while shouldering massive student debt and facing rising living costs. Okay? When they started to financially gain ground, they were hit with a pandemic and yet another. While the economy rebounded, it got a little too hot, and millennials came to face with true inflation for the first time in their adult lives. Millennials have had a much steeper hill to climb to afford the same lifestyle the boomer parents enjoyed while their wealth has more than doubled since the pandemic began. They still only hold 7% of nation wealth compared to 22% boomers held when they're around the same age. So one third of the current millennials, for example, in, in the boomers era, when they were in their late 20s and 30s, they held 22% of the nation's wealth. So the same age range in, in this era, millennials own only 7%. Mm. The, I, I wonder what the debt of millennials shows, how much debt that our, our country has. So listen, you know, you know, back, back to our point, the reason why people are listening to our podcast, the reason why people are listening to our content, is we don't want to wait. You know, right now, it's not about playing financial defense. It's never about defense. It's about offense. You know, you, you don't wait for things to happen to you. You make things happen for yourself, which, again, is something a lot of people don't want to hear. By the way, did you see the Chris Rock? You see the Chris Rock uh, uh, stand-up comedy? I saw the most important clip from my, from my <laughs> end, at least. What, what, what part of the Chris Rock uh, uh, clip did you see? The most genuine one, man, the Mr. Will Smith and Jada Smith. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course, right? Yeah. I mean, slap. What a lot of people didn't catch, I caught it, and it was in the beginning. Yeah. I, believe it or not, this first time, I've actually busted out my notes listening to comedy. Really? Chris Rock. Chris okay. Rock, he got very cranial on this one. Here's a quick Chris Rock said about America's number one addiction. His number one addiction America has is attention. attention. We're looking for likes. We're looking for comments. We're looking for validation. We want attention. So here are four points of how to gain attention according to Chris Rock. Number one, show your ass. Um, yeah. uh, Milton, in his case, he wants to show his abs. He wants to show his <laughs> He's on back, TikTok. right? He saw that TikTok. <laughs> wait, 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 you got to show it. Uh, wait, wait, let's, let's, go to, let's go to, hold on. Let me go to TikTok here. Let me go to TikTok here. What's your, what's your TikTok handle? Is my uh, SMB performance. SMB Perform. We're doing this. He doesn't know I'm doing this. We're not. SMB performance. All right. Here's Milton. No way, man. All right. All right. So here. Okay. Here. Here. Want to get attention? Here we go. No it's this Milton. <laughs> it's Milton. No way, man. <laughs> Fucking a, man. Ah, you're on blast here in the Millionaire Goals podcast. All right. Yes. That is so. Wild. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Balkan season has come to an D end. The queen sure. says, "I'll hire you to do my dishes." <laughs> uh, Okay, Milton, I see you doing this. Anyway, if you want to gain oh, attention, God. guess what you do? You show your ass, or in your case, you show the guns, right? You show the fat back. That's the first time in 12 years, Matthew. 
<laughs> but you, you, right, listen, you got a lot of attention. Hey, bye. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah You worked sure. hard for it, show it, right? Yeah. Uh, number two, be infamous, right? Yeah. If you, if you still, you still, <laughs> I got you, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Chris Roxy, yeah. you want to get attention? Number two, be infamous. Do something non-noteworthy, but you're known for. Mm. For example, uh, what's that girl on the uh, um, uh, Dr. Phil show? Yeah? Catch me outside. How about that? She got really famous. She did. Making a lot of money now. Which proves my point. Yeah. She got attention because she's infamous. Yes. Right? She made a lot of money. Yeah, you're one of her subscribers on uh, on OnlyFans? OnlyFans, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. I just Premium. <laughs> we didn't know. Uh, number three, you want to be known for something? Want to get attention? Be excellent at something. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's a role that people don't want to do. You know why? Because you got to wake up early. Yeah. You got to stay late. Yeah. You got to go above and beyond. You got to be known for an, uh, an area that most people, a small minority of people in your field, in your industry, will ever do because they're willing to go the extra miles. Take, for example, is Goggins, David Goggins, the Navy SEAL, known for being excellent in what he's doing? Of course. Mm-hmm. Jocko Willick? Of course. Yeah. Tim Tebow? Of course. Tom Brady? Of course. Michael Jordan? Of course. Small minority percentage are willing to do the right things over and over and over and over and over again for an extended period of time. And for a lot of people, they want to get rich quick. They want to get attention quick. They're not going to be excellent in 30 days. But you, what you could do is start documenting your journey so therefore mm. people will see what you are in a year, what you are in a two, and then you're known as excellent. But people don't want to do that one because that's a slow route to get attention. Here's the fourth part. I'll wrap up with this point, this topic, with this last point. You want to get attention, according to Chris Rock? Here's what you do. Let's get a lot of attention in America. You play the victim role. Damn. A lot of people are getting away and getting a lot of attention from playing the victim role. The victim role. Victim role. What was me? What was me? I got this. I got this. Somebody should solve my problem. Somebody should bail me out. Mm. It gets a lot of attention because they are a victim. However, if you listen to Millionaire Goals podcast, guess what language we have here? It's not the victim language. It's the victor language. So if we want to get attention, it'll be number three. Number three. The Millionaire Goals podcast, we're going to be excellent at what we do. We want to set an excellent example because we're not just showing theory, but we're also willing to say we are walking examples of wanting to be excellent in our craft. Not to say that we're perfect or walking water. That's not the standard. Our standard is to be excellent at what we do. You know, for example, Milton, I got to appreciate you before I move on to the next topic. I appreciate you for being an excellent trainer because when I met you three years ago, how was my knees? How was my back? How's my demeanor? Man, she's trying to give me emotion on the podcast. <laughs> appreciate you, man. It's been an honor working with you to this day, man. I, I, I needed to make up for the shirtless. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> we, maybe maybe uh, episode 10 should be shirtless. So we can be one and three. <laughs> <laughs> so one and three. So 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 we do the Andrew Tate Andrew Tate move shirtless yeah. shirtless and uh, and be known for uh, beans. What, what would you what would you rate Andrew Tate if you if you put it through Chris Rock's filters there? What would you rate? So he was a champion. Yeah. So he was excellent. Excellent. He was also infamous. Yeah. For probably the wrong things. Yeah. Um, uh, was he showing his ass all the time? Showing his body all the time. Sure. Of course. But the fourth one he doesn't do. Victim? Never. He doesn't play the victim. No. He doesn't play the victim. Even with him being in jail, he's still not playing the victim. So hats off to Andrew. A lot of people don't uh, agree with him. Listen, man, I appreciate the guy for being probably the top 10 guys who gets attention in America. He's not number one. He doesn't definitely play the victim role. Uh, he's, he, he's going against the establishment, that's for sure. And that's probably why he's still locked up. 
which is sad, okay? Because uh, that is a, a pr potential preview, potentially how we could be treated, censored, victim, this, shut down, yeah. locked down. It's, it's not good. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Can money make you happy? What do you think? Before we go into this article, can money buy you happiness, Milton? I think money is a great uh, contributing factor. I think if you have money, you can contribute to a greater cost that which can lead to moments of happiness. I don't think happiness as a whole is a real thing. I think moment uh, going from one happy moment to the next is a thing versus just overall uh, happiness. I think people what people are looking for is peace, tranquility, right? I think that's the biggest thing that people seek and they translate it into happiness. But if you have the funds to, uh, to you know, to, to, to be able to, um, invest into something that's worthwhile, that's purposeful to you, contribute to a greater cause in life, I think that could potentially put you in a good position versus you being the reason why, you know, a lot of, you know, your family's in a, in a bad spot. 100%, man. Um, by the way, before we uh, move on to the next uh, topic, or, or unpack this topic, I want to give a quick shout out to Miriam Rivera. What's up? Constantly engaging with us. Yeah. Miriam Rivera from Orlando. Good to see you. Andra Grigia, uh, also providing content uh, apparently from the UK. Appreciate you ch chiming in. Uh, Southside Luki says uh, he's chiming in too. Well, by the way, would you recommend the military? I would, in a heartbeat. Um, uh, it, it, and I'm against what a lot of people think about the military, even though I don't appreciate what's going on in the military today. I believe somebody can come in with the right mindset, with the right attitude, come in and show themselves to be the light in the darkness in a very woke military. Mm. And you go on there and you be the guy, you be the troop. For example, what was that movie with the guy that uh, want, uh, uh, was it uh, something Ridge? where he didn't want to fight, but he wanted to rescue the soldier and bring him back to medical safety. Uh, 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 Hacksaw Hacks Ridge. Off. That's right, Hacksaw Ridge. Thank you, Jordan. It was a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. He became a light in his cause. He said, listen, I don't believe in killing another man based on my religious preferences. Mm. Right? But I do believe in rescuing a man from war. So he got in a platoon. Everybody in a platoon with a weapon, with a helmet. He had a helmet, but no weapon. Everybody was giving him a hard time. And he still served the military, still served this country. And when his... Soldiers was getting clipped, was getting shot on the front lines. Guess what he did? His job on Hacksaw Ridge was to rescue them to bring them back to safety. He risked his own life to bring his soldiers, his brothers, back to safety. So would I recommend joining the military? If you don't know what's going on after high school, 100% you should be joining the military. It'll teach you how to work with people, how to teach you to work with diverse people, how to work and push your limits and work through those limits. Mm. It'll teach you what you're about. Because how do you know what your limits are if you never push to them? That's exactly what the military would do. You know, and, and some say, well, Matt, what happens if you get your leg blown off and this, this, and I know, well, you don't have to necessarily serve on the front lines for the military. You can serve, uh, I met a guy last night at our office. His job was a, a religious specialist. Religious specialist his job, military. Yep. His job was to be able to prepare the final words for Marines on the front lines to give them their final rights on the battlefield. Right? That's, that was his job. My job to see guys uh, uh, with their bodies shredded apart with shrapnel and IED and, and, and bombs and bullets. And my job is to make sure that they gave their final rights and they're able to go to heaven. That was his job. And to pray for all the troops uh, before they deployed. That's his job. He's a religious specialist. Go figure. I, I, said, I never thought that was an MOS. Yes. He's in the Navy. All right. But here's, here's my thoughts here on, on uh, can money buy you happiness? Um, let me go back. Where's that, where did that article go? Money says here, um, st study was surveyed 33,391 working U.S. adults is presented as an adversarial collaboration uh, 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 basically saying for the happiest 30% the level to which their happiness increased 
continues buying 100000 So you make $100,000 a year, they start becoming happier. And though the study included people who earn more than $500,000, researchers said that discerning whether the same effect was present for people earning that amount was impossible to say for sure. So for very poor people, money clearly helps a lot. That's where I was. Broke. Mm. I wouldn't say poor. I was broke. I was making $20,000 a year. I was mad. That's poor. No, no, no. In my opinion, broke is a temporary situation. But being poor is a condition of the heart. Being poor creates generational curses. Broke, you're just dealing with this. This too shall pass. I'm bankruptcy. I'm behind my credit cards. I lost my job. That's being broke. But if you settle there without having the idea or thought process to take action and get out of it, yes, you will slip into becoming poor. But with that being said, money sure made me happy, man. I just left my house today, bro. I saw my, my, my in-laws there. I saw my wife's sister and my sister-in-law's there. Yesterday we saw our, our friend, her mother, and her cousin is in our house. My parents are here. Everybody in our family is a whole lot happier. You know why? Because Matt and his wife, Sheena, decided to go play offense. Make a decision. Make a decision yeah. and play offense. So um, you have some uh, uh, a topic here on health. Uh, what's, what's, uh, what's going on here with uh, people and their health? Let's see. Uh, where, where is that? Where is that article here? People in health and, and uh, actually, let's let's uh, let's pull that let's pull that up. Uh, here it is. Uh, okay, so regular exercise improves memory in old age, even if taken in the fifties. Is this the, is the one you want to bring up? Let's do the uh, IQ, and then we'll, uh, we'll uh, transition into the old age. Oh, we, we only got one. T- uh, we only got time for one. Which oh. one you want to do? Let's do IQ. IQ? Let's okay, do IQ. IQ. Smarts, IQ. intelligence. All right. IQ scores in the U.S. have dropped for the first time in nearly 100 years. <laughs> Studies suggest my, I'm definitely, I, I dropped my, I'm adding to that <laughs> drop. So is tech making us dim or dumb? What's your thoughts on this? Well, I think this kind of goes back to the conversation we were having last week about uh, people consistently going through their phones, going through TikTok, Instagram, going for the likes, seeking the attention, as Chris Rock spoke on his uh on his show, um, and there's a, obviously a, pre, a previous study suggests that children who spent less than an hour on iPads and other gadgets each day develop uh, better brains than their peers. And here's the thing, man, it's it's a constant mindless scrolling from the blue light that you get from your phone, from your laptops, X, iPads, XYZ, you know, you know those two, those two 3 a.m. Uh, mindless scrollings that you usually do just to kind of dim down and not knowing that your alarm is set at 6 a.m. so you're about to lose sleep because you're just scrolling through whatever you're scrolling through on your phone. And what ends up happening is it's going to impair your memory for the next day. And I'm going to take you through a series of things that are actually how this is like a, lo- a lineage of how it actually affects you as a, as a person, as a human being, and how it can actually affect your life. So mindless scrolling leads to impaired memory for the next day, which that also, the mindless scrolling is going to lead to lack of sleep, which will make it harder to learn. And this is also for parents out there watching for uh, who have kids of any ages who have access to an iPad. I remember my age when I was Six, seven years old, I was always pushed outside. We didn't have access to that stuff back then. The, uh, the only phones that we had access to were those, those little, little Nokia brick phones that lasted like, like, uh, like what, two, three days with full battery without them dying out. That was the only thing we had access to. Right? So lack of sleep can make it harder for you to learn. Long periods of not getting enough sleep can lead to accumulation of neurotoxins, which is basically a poison that acts on your, your nervous system, which leads, it to make it, which leads to making it harder for you to get good quality sleep in, in, in the evening. Now, when you, get, when, you, when you have a harder time falling asleep, you know, people's melatonin, uh, melatonin levels are suppressed, and also your circadian rhythms 
are thrown off by the light exposure that you, uh, that you expose yourself on uh, due to your phone, which can also be prone to depression. Now, when you disrupt the mel- uh, melatonin levels and sleep by just being on your electronics late night, it can mess with your hormones that control your hunger and also uh, your, your mood, which would then lead to cravings, which can also uh, push you in, 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 in the direction of increasing the risk of obesity. So here, here are a couple things that you can do for yourself as an adult or some things that you can do for your kids as well that will help you uh, avoid these or uh, retract from you know, getting there faster sooner than other people. Uh, getting better quality of sleep. Shut off your phone. Put your phone on D and D before you go to sleep, at least an hour prior to. Bobby, do you recommend the phone should be in another room outside next to your bedstand? I believe people should invest into a seven dollar alarm clock from Amazon instead of <gasps> using their phones as an alarm clock. Because uh, yeah. it causes them for my one thousand percent. So, so I was have the phone somewhere else. Somewhere else. Okay. One thousand percent. Keep it in the kitchen. Keep it in the home office. Somewhere right? away from from your bedroom. Number two, work out, move. That will increase the blood flow to your brain. Or here's another thing. If, if you're not a fan of going to the gym, uh, pick up a new hobby. Go, uh, go, go hiking, dance. By learning a new dance, it's going to help you create new neural pathways, which in the long haul may help you be more resistant to cognitive decline. The next thing is food. Consume food that's, that does not cause inflammation in your body. May I suggest an oral food challenge? It's one of those tests that you take to see what foods you, your body does well with and what foods your body doesn't do well with. I think that's very important for everyone. A lot of these online influencers and trainers on, 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 that go on Instagram and talk about certain foods cause this to all the bodies. That's not true. Everyone's DNA is very different, and you as an individual person, you need something specific for yourself. So I could suggest one of, the, one of those um, tests for yourself. And consuming high fatty foods. The healthy fatty foods, walnuts, almonds, Brazil nuts, uh, tuna fillets, salmons, avocados. Your, 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 brain, uh, your brain needs fat to function. Your brain needs your, it's, it's like a lubricant to your brain. Um, but I really do believe that the IQ, level, the, the IQ scores come from, again, being highly stimulated through these, um, these gadgets and also lack of movement. And that all actually started, Matt, in, 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 speaks in his article in 2020 when we were all boxed into our in our households without being able to move without being able to leave out of the fear of getting sick and also you know without being around human beings whether our peers at work or at school so kids were just prone to being yeah. on their consistently that's it love yeah. it man well cool bro well listen i uh uh didn't mention anything here about reading personal development yeah but uh i asked one of my guys last night i said because uh, he was asking some like questions like bro i mean i asked him how much are you personally developing yeah. Well, what do you mean? Are you reading books? Like, well, I, I, well, how do you personally develop or want to improve your intelligence, your IQ, if you're not reading? Yeah. If all you're doing is watching. And so, you know, by the way, everybody here, I advocate, I'm a big advocate of reading. Yes, listening to podcasts is good. Watching podcasts is good. Content online is good. But nothing beats you sitting down with a book and a highlighter mm-hmm. and reading books. In fact, one of, the book, one of the books I'm reading right now, I always have a book on I me. Mean, one of the books I'm reading right now is Good for the Money. I'm reading this book right now, Good for the Money, it's written, uh, written by the story, Bob Ben Moshe. By the way, the reason why I'm reading this book, this guy spent his dying years in, from Croatia, came back to America because he's the former CEO of MetLife, and he helped rescue AIG from collapse. And he paid back the American, he paid back the American people. Uh, for example, uh, he paid back uh, uh, AIG, had borrowed from the American people $182.3 billion to the U.S. government, but he paid it back early with a $22.7 billion profit. Why do you think I'm reading this book right now? 
because I want to know what's going on in the economy. And by the way, this is probably one of the greatest American comeback stories in business that nobody's talking about. This guy rescued, he borrowed $182 billion. Yesterday in our emergency podcast, you know how many banks have still not paid back money they borrowed from us through the TARP, uh, Trouble Asset Relief Program in 08? Like a, several banks have still not paid. Citigroup, Wells Fargo, a bunch of other chains have not paid back their money from TARP in 08. But constantly read books. You're, listen, if you want to change your life, it depends on three things. The people you surround yourself with, the events you attend, and the books you read. All right. So there's some videos here we want to uh, have a reaction to. Uh, uh, Jordan, what's, what's first on the docket? A couple of videos. Oh, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, we have, uh, what's, what's one of the first videos we have here, Jordan? Okay. Colin Kaepernick. Okay. What's Colin Kaepernick got to say here? If it's taking a minute to load, when we go, when we go to my screen here real quick. So, uh, okay, if it's taking a minute to load, Biden wants to raise our taxes 10 ways in a 2024 budget. In 2024 budget, fiscal year starts October of this coming year. It's the new uh, government fiscal, fiscal year. So new tax on corporate America, raise a corporate income tax rate from 220 from its current level of 21. So it wants to tax businesses, quadruple the recently enacted excise tax on stock buybacks, scrap tax breaks that oil and gas companies receive. Interesting. Don't you want to incentivize? By the way, taxes is a what? Taxes is a form of incentivize, incentiv incentivation. So if you're hiring sales guys, you want to give them bonuses. Why would you want to give your sales guys bonuses? Incentivize. Because you're incentivizing yeah. them to have the right behaviors. Correct. Do you want our domestic oil companies and gas companies to not drill for oil and gas? Or do you want to buy it from outside sources? I want our oil companies to do it. That's a bad yeah. idea to, to, to give up tax breaks. I mean, you want to incentivize people here domestically to yeah. drive for oil and gas. Same thing too. You want companies here in America? Because where do you think if you raise your income taxes, guess what that might trigger? If I got to pay more in taxes, guess what I can't keep in my company anymore? Mm. Employees. Uh, I can't innovate on products. Bad idea. New tax on wealthy Americans. You plan on becoming wealthy? Like, like big time wealthy? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Yes or no? You want to be wealthy or not? Yes. Okay. Well, guess yeah. what? This guy is probably against you. Twenty-five percent minimum tax on households worth more than a hundred million dollars. That's net worth. That's property that you own, business interests that you own, royalties, et cetera, et cetera. Increase the capital gains tax rate for wealthy Americans. Right. So, so Milton, let's say you buy you buy stock at one rate, you you sell at another. Do you want to buy more? Do you want to be a better, bigger, and brighter investor? Of course, one thousand percent. So, in other words, if you buy stock and you sell it, he wants to increase your, your capital gains on it. So, what does that make you want to do less of? Invest. Exactly. Yeah, one thousand percent. It's not a good idea. Ending carried interest rate loophole and laying some tax breaks around real estate profits. Guess what? People then don't want to do. Invest in more. Yeah, yeah this, this, this is bad, this is a bad look here, there, uh, President Biden. New tax on wealthy Americans wow. increase the tax top rate to thirty nine point six percent, and single filers making more than four hundred thousand dollars a year. Again, you want to make more money, right? One thousand percent. Well, if you if you want to be, Climb from that article we just mentioned. If you want to climb to happiness of four or five hundred thousand dollars a year, guess what? You have to potentially pay more of taxes. Um, new tax on Medicare. You, you're going to be retired one day. I'm retired now. <laughs> I'm doing what I love. <laughs> like, baby. like 65 years old, retired, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to need Medicare. Well, you know, close loopholes that shield some pass through income from Medicare taxes allow Medicare to negotiate a wider array of prescription drugs. By the way, I like that last one. Allow Medicare to negotiate a wider array of prescription drugs. Again, I'm a good fan, great fan of more 
competition. Competitions makes the product better and the prices cheaper. All right, uh, um, that's my thoughts on uh, biting potential tax increases. Um, Joe, we got that video? Let's take a look. High school coming of age story, his journey embracing his blackness despite resistance from many, including his white adoptive parents. I know my parents love me, but there were still very problematic things that I went through. I think it was important to show that, no, this can happen in your own home and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. He took cues from his icon, basketball star Allen Iverson, who he said wore his blackness like a suit of armor. And teenage Kaepernick wanted cornrows to match. He's getting what roles, his mom asked? Oh, your hair's not professional. Oh, you look like a little thug. Your mom become, said that to you. Yeah. And those become spaces where it's like, okay, how do I navigate this situation now? But it also has informed why I have my hair long today. The grown-up version of Eve wanted to go back in time and give young Colin a lot of hugs. And I was really moved and saddened by the level of kind of self-awareness that he had to develop at a very young age without a lot of guidance. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? Back, back to uh, Chris Rock's four ways to get attention. What, what, what role is he playing? Victim. Yeah, he's playing victim a victim. Hood. He's playing a victim. Listen, my, my wife is half white, half black. My children are half black. The last thing they're playing is that victim role. You and I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. We knew there were certain neighborhoods we can go to. And there were some we couldn't. Right? There's yeah. some friends in school we probably might not have been friends with. Yeah. Simply because of our ethnic. I'm not saying that it's right. It's just it is the situation we had to deal with. But uh, what benefit do you think he has from playing that type of role? Oh, I get to sell him, sell him books yeah. and magazines. More eyes on him. Something trending, something, uh, I think victimhood is something that's very contagious, man. Very, very contagious, and I feel like nowadays, especially in this generation, a lot of people are on that same boat of uh, woe is me, and when they can connect to someone who is of some form of influence and say, look, he's also, he's also you know, a victim of XYZ, we're on the same boat, you can relate, and then that starts being pushed up more on these platforms. And then more eyes on him, his product is, or whatever it is that he's promoting for. Yep. Yeah. Let's go to the next video, the uh, International uh, Woman. Uh, I have not seen this, but the International Woman of Courage Award. In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina. Okay, so the international, okay, so let me get that straight. The International Woman of Courage Award goes to a, a trans, what do you call that? What do, what do they call it? Oh, it goes to a biological male. So it's really, it's not a, I thought that was a woman, that's it. I'm confused. Was that, was that a woman or was that, was that a so man? So the first question that comes to mind is, what is a woman? Right? right. What, what, what is a woman? And when that question is asked, what's the typical answer people give? Right. Yeah, I mean, breasts, ovaries, you know, female parts. Right. But then they utilize a small percentage of people who 
are born with a certain uh, deficiency or they, they're born in a certain type of way and they take that small percentage and they bring it in, they bring it forth to a broader spectrum to be able to overgeneralize what the definition of what a woman or a man is. So I, you're in the fitness world, okay? Yeah. You're a fighter. Yeah. Uh, uh, should a biological male who identifies as a woman should be allowed to compete in female women sports? Swimming, track, combat sports, even I, though they're a biological I, I have a friend of mine who uh, competes in uh, boxing. And this was actually about four years ago when everything, about four or five years ago when all, all of this was pretty new. And uh, he had a teammate who was going through a transition period where biologically a woman started, you know, shaving off her head, mm -hmm. started getting tattoos, and started going through that transition of, I want to transition into a man, meaning getting the surgery done to cut off the breasts and X, Y, Z, the, uh, the testosterone therapy to... You know, to to uh, get rid of the, the periods and X Y Z. Fast forward about a year and a half, two years later, uh, this person steps away for a while because of the transition and the surgeries and X Y Z. Comes back with a full beard. Cool, you know, whatever. We, we they yeah. didn't recognize this person. Come, come <laughs> to find out, it's that that girl that was once in the ring sparring with other women. Mm -hmm. So now, this this person comes into the ring, says, I want to spar X, Y, Z person, my buddy. My buddy knows this person on a personal level, says, hey, I'm sorry, I, I love you, I care for you, but I'm not going to spar you. This is uncomfortable for me. I know at the end of the day who you is are. Is it MMA? Uh, pure boxing. Pure, oh, pure, pure boxing. boxing. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah. And this guy has a, a good 40 pounds on this other person. Yeah. Coach is like, no, we don't discriminate here. We're going to make it happen. Get in the ring. Let's see how the first, uh, first round goes. So first round comes. My buddy's like, I, I was, I was, um, I, I was watching him from afar because I was already leaving the gym. And first round, she comes in with uh, full force. He's just there protecting his face, protecting his face. Coach tells him, "Hey, man, we have equality here. Step in and do what you need to do as if you're fighting anybody else." And the coach knew that yes. he was really, or she was really a he, or coach, biological the male. Co the coach was trying to avoid a lawsuit. The coach was trying to avoid. Oh, negative attention oh, on his gym. Oh, that's even worse. So what ended up happening is my buddy took that step forward. And, you know, usually when you, when you spar, you spar 20%, 30%, 50%, 80%. So there's levels of sparring. You know, you yeah. don't go full out. That's not, the, that's, not, that's not the intention of sparring. So finally, they're at about, about a 50, 60% sparring. And my buddy swings. And, and he hits. Connects. He connects. And? And per, uh, his uh, sparring partner collapses yeah. and there's an emo a huge emotional reaction to the person on the floor because it hurt yeah. and the person starts getting emotional starts crying so it's 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 it, 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 it for him it was one of those situations like fuck what did i just do add that to the waiver yes add that to the waiver you sign in i mean so, so that's to answer your question yeah. i don't i don't think there's certain sports that men and women should be able to come back at, 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 at the same level men are biologically automatically stronger I'm, i know i'm gonna catch a lot of uh a lot of uh, heat for that, but men biologically are physiologically a lot stronger because of the hormones that we have in our body and the way we are able to accumulate and gain muscle mass at the rate that we do versus the way women do it, uh, the way uh, women do. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have, I have daughters, and uh, the last thing I feel comfortable with my daughters changing in the locker room with men. is a biological male. Yeah. Because you don't know if the guy is actually lying just to get, you know, if he's a freaking pervert, freaking creep, 
just trying to do that just to get some cheap looks. Which, which has happened already. Of course. Which has happened Of course. Already. So, you know, the thought process is, well, when we make a third bathroom, yeah. well, then you're adding more costs yeah. to, to everything else. I mean, uh, by the way, I see it now in, in a lot of areas, it's called the family bathroom yeah. versus male or female. So maybe they can use the family bathroom. All right. Oh, well, we only have time for one more video. Uh, let's go to the Young Millionaire video, if we could, please, um, Jordan. Uh, uh, the, the last the last video, I believe it is. Yeah, TikTok, correct. Let's take a look at this. All right, you both got the job. Here's uh, $69,000 a year. Man, I can't wait to move into a new apartment. The rats can get their own room. Yeah, I gotta get out of my mom's place, but this isn't enough to ball out with. All right, time for a bonus. Here's 5K to each of you. Man, I can't wait to invest this. Yeah, investing can wait. I kinda want a new car, and now I have my down payment. All right, five years of service, $100,000 salary for both of y'all. Sweet, at this rate, I'm gonna be able to double my investing. Well, I saw this really cool place on Zillow with waterfall countertops and I got a ball out. Uh, you should probably consider touching grass, my guy. Well, by investing now, I can retire in five years and do whatever I want. And I'll touch grass in whatever country I want. Looks like you have another 20 years, my guy. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Listen, money is a mindset. It's not what you make, it's what you do with it. Mm -hmm. The faster you get money working for you versus other people. Because when you end up buying things, you're having your money work for somebody else. But if you're investing your money, you're allowing that money to work for you. You know, people often ask me, well, listen, you must be so lucky to be sitting on a podcast with a bunch of silver, to have $20,000 of gold right by your side. I mean, when's the last time you saw silver and gold? Uh, Ecuador, in Ecuador, my family's very big on that. Good. I just haven't seen 10 ounces of it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah. can we take a look at my computer screen? This, this is what happened in the middle of the pandemic. Guess what I bought a lot more of? I bought a lot more of what? Gold and silver. What's the, what's the date? You guys see the date? What's the July? Yeah, people can't read that. Milton, can you read July it? July 8th, 2020. In the middle of the pandemic, I bought more gold and silver and a bunch of other investments. You know why? Because one day I wanted to be smart. I don't want to be, oh, I'm just, you know, I took this picture to document, so we can, we can cut, the, cut the screen. But when, when we're looking at the two personalities, one gets hooked into the way, listen, in, in Romans it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by the transforming of your mind. I hope that when you see money differently in this era, and tough times is going to force you to, and tough times is going to force you to do that, to see money in a different way. That you're transformed to say, you know what, if I follow this pattern for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, not just for the next six months, my life will be significantly different if I made better decisions. And then when I, everybody, especially right now, springtime, spring break, right now is currently spring break, yeah. right? Spring break, guess, guess when last time we took spring break? I can't remember the last time we took spring break. We take vacations off season. When everybody's paying premium rates for hotels and airfare, we're working. When everybody's working, we're playing. You know, uh, I take my wife on dates, not on Friday nights and Saturday. You know when I take my wife on dates? Wednesday afternoon. Well, not right now with the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. But Wednesday afternoons, right after. Well, last night, we planned a date for Wednesday night. Who's going out on Wednesday night? Nobody. We want I remember renting a, I told my wife one time we were going to a theater. This is pre-pandemic. It's like 16, 17. I said, babe, going on a date. Why? I rented out the entire movie theater. It's a Wednesday afternoon, one o'clock, matinee. 
Baby, you rented out the whole theater? Sure did. <laughs> By the way, how much does that run usually? <laughs> What's that? How much does that usually run? I didn't rent it out. The thing, the point is. Oh, no one was there. Got no it. No one was there. No one was working. Got it. <laughs> 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 I, could, I, almost got, see, I almost got away with it right now. Yeah, I, I almost like got away with it right now. But yeah, if you, that's, that's the difference between somebody that does it big in five years versus somebody. It's called delayed gratification. gratification. I didn't have a pair of Jordans until I was 42 damn years old. It's 42 years old. Now, I mean, I, I got my interest buying me Jordans. You know, I, I'm, there's, a, there's a place down here called, I think, Get, Kick, Get, Get Kicks or something like that right here in Plano. I, I've had a stack of Jordans there that apparently appreciate in value. But I mean, that's another form of investment. I bought some Kobe's for like four or 500 bucks. Today, it's $2,000 for those Kobe Grinches, that, the, the green Kobe Grinches they were. Yeah. It's like, like 1,500 to 2,000 bucks for those. I bought it for like four or 500 bucks. I remember telling myself, never pay so much for damn shoes. Right, but it was at the point where that was just money. I I even think about some people spend money they really need. Yeah, you shouldn't be spending money. You know, I, I didn't buy I didn't buy my first uh, exotic car until we we're making half a million dollars a year. I didn't buy a Rolls Royce until we had uh, uh, not only uh, an eight hundred credit score but cash flow liquid millions. One thing to be cash flow millionaire, something to be liquid in the millions. I didn't buy that until we had a million dollars. And even some people say don't even do that for a lot of my peers. But we did. And so, by the way, that Rolls-Royce has intrinsically returned a lot of that because they use it for marketing purposes. 100%. But uh, anyway, brother, what an uh, awesome podcast. Any final thoughts as we wrap up today's show? As far as us, man, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited, Matt. I, I, I think this is, um, by the way, people have been asking, and I, I see some people who uh, on this uh, chat that have, have actually DM me directly that it, is it possible that one day in the future they'd be able to call in and ask questions directly to either you or I based on our expertise? Jordan, what do you think? Can people call in to the podcast and they can actually ask a question live? So that was Zoom? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way. Yeah, or we'll or maybe it, it could be something as simple as yeah. <laughs> we just hold the phone right next to the phone right next to the microphone by the way i think we're at a point right now for next episode episode 10 i think we ought to give some giveaways 1000 right so uh you see this book behind me is the faith made millionaire book it's an amazon bestseller and uh i want to be able to give away my book to you signed here um for me to, as a start let's get let's get i love to give away some books people have been asking about this book it's an amazon bestseller faith made millionaire right from the studio i'll sign it We'll ship it out to you, um, and uh, we'll have some form of contest. Like, for example, who shares it? Who shares this podcast the most? Mm. Uh, maybe we'll start that as a simple contest. Sure. But I think we'll incorporate that, inject that into our podcast. We'll have some form of giveaway when we give our podcast. And life gives to the givers, takes from the takers, and has a very accurate accounting system. So, Milton, oh, appreciate you, big dog. Next week will be episode ten, noon Wednesdays, twelve o'clock Central Standard Time, right here. Uh, by the way, next week, stay posted. I do have another interview set up for next week. Uh, Jordan, I got to let you know about the time. But uh, we have another interview set up for next week because we've been doing that too as well. In addition to the Millionaire Goals podcast, I also got some Money Smart Guy interviews with some people that I'm running across in business in terms of influencers in their industry mm-hmm. right here in the Millionaire Goals podcast sponsored by the Seven Figure Squad YouTube channel. That being said, God bless you guys. Please put your comments below. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like this video. Feedback, comment section. You agree with us? You don't agree with us? What's your questions? What's your comments? Please put it in the comment section below. From Dallas, Texas, on behalf of my co-host here, Mil- Milton Alvarez, I'm your mighty smart guy. And until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart.
and be money smart today. today.